Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, sponsored by Moda Fabrics. We have a terrific show filled with tips and tricks for you today. So let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I am Pat. I am so excited today to have my friend Wendy Shepard here. Wendy's been on before, and she has been doing some super fabulous things. I thought, we need to catch up. So Wendy writes at Ivory Spring. Uh, it's her website. So Wendy, thank you for being here. Hi, Pat. Thank you for having me on again. It's great to talk to you again. You know, you have, you're a very busy designer. Uh, you know, I can say that about a lot of people, but you are like prolific. You have got all kinds of fun things going on. Um, you know, because we have sort of a short segment, I first wanted to talk about your newest book because you're pretty well known for not only your designs, but also for your quilting. And uh, tell me about the newest book you have out. Oh, my newest book is called Stitching Pathways. Well, it is a book that was um, born out of uh, my friend's Quilting Flames request. Oh. Um, if you have visited my blog before, yeah. If you have visited my blog before, you um, probably, um, quilters have seen the different blog posts I have for just domestic machine quilting with my tips and my tricks. And over the years, I've you know, blogged about it, and um, so friends started writing me and told me that they would rather have all the tips and the tricks all in a book instead of having to go find a post on my website or on my blog, and so I approached my um, publisher about it, and they were excited about the project, and that's how we got started with the book. Ah, you know, what I saw when I was looking at it is that, to me, this is like taking it like another step, because you do fabulous quilting that uh, people can achieve, it's very achievable, um, but it's also sort of up a notch, you're not, you know, if everybody, if somebody's already doing free motion, what are a few things in here they can try to sort of take them to that next level with it? Okay, well, I think for those who have done the basics, you know, um, one thing I would really encourage uh, cultures to try is to actually use color threads mm. instead of the tone-on-tone tone all the time. You mm-hmm. know, there's so many different beautiful, exciting colors out there, and that's actually what got me started to try to um, add colors to my quilting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was looking at all these exciting colors and thought, you know, Why don't I do it? And so I started with more of the subtle tone. Um, A lot of times people don't realize is that when you look at a spool of thread, they might look rather bright and and bold to you, but Mm -hmm. you're only using one little strand that you unravel from the spool. And so when you look at it that way, it's not so bold anymore. Um, So I like to use a more pastel color to add to my cooking. And so it's more subtle and it's not exactly jumping right at you mm-hmm. and so and and because of this uh, I guess because of the subtlety um, people that want to get to the next step they can try that and their mistakes aren't broadcasted loudly either <laughs> so, I think that's the part that, where you are like oh my gosh it's contrasting thread you'll see every little bobble in it but that's a good tip if it's just a little bit different Right, just a little bit different, and, and it really adds to the overall color, I think, of the quilt after you're finished. And so I encourage quilters to try it out because um, you'd be 
surprised and delighted by the result, I think. You know, you also have videos, right? And you have videos for machine quilting? Yes, I do. I have uh, video classes with Annie's, and um, they can go to anniesonlineclasses.com to look up the classes I've done on domestic quilting. Um, I have currently five classes and am working on a sixth one. Oh, very good. Yes, yeah, very. For some people, they just like to see it in motion, and so that really helps them. You know, then they can kind of right, use right, book and, and watch you. All right, so Wendy, we're going to switch right. gears um, because, like I said, you have like a lot of things recently that I'm like, this is so exciting. Uh, now you are a long time stitcher. When I say stitch, this means I'm talking about handwork. You are a cross stitcher, an embroiderer. Um, you know, how long have you been cross stitching? I think I've been cross stitching ever since I was in college, just on and off. But, um, you know, when I was in college during stressful times, I would just stay up with my roommate and we'll chat and cross stitch into the night. That was really fun and remains a a sweet memory for me. Yes. So you um, have started sort of uh, with your daughter um, stitching mm-hmm. together. Now, is this your youngest daughter? It's my only daughter. I only have one. And oh. so uh, she's my only <laughs> child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, since I work from home, um, she's been tied to my hip ever since she was born. <laughs> <laughs> So when did she get an interest in stitching? Um, I think because she grew up with me watching me, you know, rush through deadlines, working all the time when quilting with the fiber and threads. I think she's always been interested. You know, she's one of those kids that jump into piles of scraps thinking that they are a pile of leaves. Yeah. Um, so she's one all, yeah, so she's always play with my things, but she was, um, I just didn't think she was quite ready, mm-hmm. but when she was five, that's when I really got her started. So we started, you know, doing the in and out stitches random just to get her to use to, you know, the mechanics of stitching. And so we just kind of moved on from there. Yeah. See, five seems, um, to me, I mean, I don't have children, so I have no idea, but I'm thinking, uh-huh. you know, how did she, does she just like to sit? You know, does she have a good concentration? Yes, she does. And uh, we started with just very basic. I'm, I'm a constant, I, I'm very, um, I guess I like to do things, you know, um, from easy to mm-hmm. difficult. So I would focus just on one trick yeah. at a time. Yeah. And and the other thing I found is that with her little practice um, pieces, I always finish it and make it something pretty for her. Ah. That really keeps her wanting to do more. Mm-hmm. Because I think even kids, they kind of know, you know, they're not, perhaps their work isn't as good as an adult. And some kids can sense that. I think I sense that with my, with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so I made sure that I made something out of the ones that she has stitched on, even though, you know, at five it wasn't um, maybe, you know, show grade, but I went mm-hmm. ahead and did it into a pillow. Yeah. I think the finishing part, I think, from the adult really helps, uh, I guess, keep the child's interest. 
Yeah. And you had one of the projects recently you showed, which could um, I think was would be really cute for kids, where you're just sort of doing stars on a dotted fabric. So that looks like right. Uh huh. You know, is that something yeah. good for younger ones? Well, I think that is really good, but probably for children that have a, have already had a little bit of you know experience. The one I, I like to start children with is the one that I did with the monogram, where mm-hmm. I get the monogram. It's just a fusible applique, and the child can just go in and out. There's no structure. Oh, okay. Okay, so they, yeah, they don't have no to really structure. follow anything. That's correct. Yeah, yeah with the polka dot one, I, I would... I would suggest that that, you know, uh, maybe after they've done that, and then now you're introducing the element of structure into the Mm -hmm. project. You could tell I don't have kids, right? I'm like, oh, let's just start. That looks easy. That's like. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, Pat, there are some very overachieving kids. Yeah. So I don't want to discount that. You know, if your kid wants to do it, by all means. That's that's kind of my philosophy. So, Yeah. (laughs) So when this this um, sort of if you teaching uh, Gwen, your daughter's name is Gwen, uh, uh-huh. stitching. Eventually, you started showing this online, and a whole another project happened. Tell me about that. Right, and I show I show it online, and um, and that got the attention of Orville. And um, then we started talking, um, and they, you know, we really would like to, I talked to them, and I told them I would really like to see a whole new generation of sewers and crafters coming up after us, and just sharing the joy of needle and thread with with children. And so they were very excited about it, and um, that's how Orchids came to be. Yeah. So cute, that name, Aura Kids. Yeah, so there's several children whose parents are designers that are um, sort of doing things. Is there, are there patterns? There, there's some thread kits. Tell me a little bit about how we're, you're kind of packaging this. Right. Um, for, for us, I think they encourage the parents or the, um, the people involved Mm -hmm. Um, to have maybe to share projects, not necessarily even patterns. Mm. For us, for Gwen and I, we are going to, uh, because Gwen's uh, collection is is just embroidery floss for now. Mm -hmm. So that's just using the floss. And so um, Gwen and I are working on a series of six ornaments Mm. that involve children children and, and adults. Like mm-hmm. adult with for for example that monogram is where the adult does the um, the monogram the applique and the child would stitch and so we have like this mother and daughter um, project coming up well we've actually already released two projects where mm-hmm. we had you know, we're making Christmas ornaments um, with Gwen. Um, she would wish, you know, every day is Christmas Day. And so <laughs> I felt, <laughs> so I felt like doing Christmas ornaments mm-hmm. would really keep her interest. And more, more than that is something that I think parents can easily save for later. 
So right. we have a bunch of ornaments that she had stitched that we, we hang up every year. So that's really sweet for us. And I think that, you know, is something meaningful that, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a grandmother, an aunt, or a mother, or friend even, um, can share with a child. Well, well, uh, you know, this has been so interesting. I'm so excited, uh, Wendy, to really hear about the program. Um, and I want everybody to follow you at ivoryspring.wordpress.com so they can get updates. And I'm so glad to talk to you. Well, thanks, Pat, for having me on again. It's always a pleasure. I'm going to be watching for Gwen stitching, and then your amazing stitching, too. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. We'll be right back. Six issues of American Patchwork and Quilting a year delivered right to your door. Each issue is packed full of quilting patterns, how-to techniques, and tips and tricks from the editors and designers. And right now, we have a special deal for all of our podcast listeners. Visit allpeoplequilt.com deal to subscribe and enter coupon code podcast at checkout to get 60% off your subscription. Find the link in our show notes. You don't want to miss out. Are you a good starter of projects, but not the best finisher? Have you amassed a large collection of UFOs or unfinished objects? Join our private Facebook group to be supported by a community of quilters all working to finish their projects. Search for the American Patrick and Quilting UFO Challenge on Facebook to get started. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan, and I have been a longtime follower of Melanie Ham's uh, YouTube channel. She also has a website, uh, MelanieHamm.com, but I just love her uh, her her videos. She does quilting. She also does crochet, and I'm sure there's some other things in there. Uh, and I just thought it'd be really fun to introduce you to her so that uh, you can learn from her amazing projects. So, Melanie, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I think I really have followed you maybe from the first time you put a video up, because you were one of the very early uh, people teaching by video, at least that I can remember. Oh, my goodness. That's so sweet of you to say. I, um, yeah, I've been on YouTube since December of 2011, and uh-huh. I started with some simple sewing and quilting videos back then. So, yeah, yeah it's been a little bit. That, that's a, so you have a lot of experience now. <laughs> How long? Um, <laughs> well, you know, when, back then, what made you decide to use that format, which was, you know, maybe kind of newish to crafting? Yeah, for sure. Well, I had been teaching myself how to sew and quilt and crochet and all these things, and I was finding that it was difficult for me to learn by photographs on blog posts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I felt like video really was the best way for me to learn, and there wasn't a lot out there at the time. 
So once I sort of got better at it and I felt like I had been building my skills, I decided to kind of create an online community, um, and I thought video would be a really great way to do that. And I felt that was a better way to teach because mm-hmm. that's what I felt was a better way to learn. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of how I started that. So pretty much you were teaching and giving something that you wished had been out there for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So do you have training on, on video or did you just kind of learn this as you went? I learned it as I went, but <laughs> but I also, um, my husband at the time, he still does video, but at the time he was in the Army doing videos for the Army. Uh-huh. So he had a background in editing and camera work, and, and so I could ask him if I needed help. Um, mm-hmm. So that was like, it took some of the fear out of doing it because mm. I thought, I, I had an expert that could yeah. help me if I needed it, but really my stuff was very simple, and, and I sort of just taught myself how to do it along the way. Mm-hmm. Had you done any in-person training prior, or did you just sort of start it all there? I just started all there. Right. I just went for it. <laughs> So, you know, I just love how you teach. I mean, I think it's it's a very good, um, you know, direct way. It's a nice flow. Uh, What? Tell me a little bit about what kind of things you're doing now. What kind of things are you teaching on your YouTube and and at your website? Yeah. So, I really love to teach beginners or kind of basic projects that. You really can make it special by the fabric choice or the yarn choice um, and have that make your project sing without making it very difficult or very long and arduous and have all these different steps. I feel like a lot of people don't quite get there, especially a YouTube audience. Mm -hmm. So I love to teach um, on YouTube and my blog. I love to teach really kind of basic things. Mm-hmm. And then I have some quotes alongs and some other opportunities that people can kind of follow along and go a little bit more in depth. And mm-hmm. I can sort of walk some people along in that process as well um, with my premium courses. Mm-hmm. So that way it sort of is different levels just based on what quilters or sewers or crocheters are interested in doing. Are you finding that the people who like to quilt also will crochet, or do you have just sort of two different groups of uh, communities? There is two different groups, but there is a little bit of overlap. Yeah. <laughs> but but I do try to, you know, I try to, you know, for my email list, for example, I try to, you know, separate it out so that mm-hmm. the crocheters aren't always getting quilting content and the quilters aren't mm-hmm. always getting crochet content or, you know, just trying to be conscientious of that. But mm-hmm. there is a little bit of overlap, and I feel like a lot of times quilters like portable projects, mm-hmm. um, and so crochet is often something that's a little bit different um, and vice versa. So there is a little bit of overlap. <laughs> Right. I I would put myself in the fraction of overlap because I uh, <laughs> I crochet really badly because I taught myself as a little <laughs> kid and I never learned how to do anything correctly and I have yarn and I have hooks and I have everything. So I have I'm like a wannabe crocheter at the moment. <laughs> um <laughs> but I think it's it's all you know what if your crochet projects just because I am super interested in that. Which one would you suggest somebody like me who is like, you know, you just I have bad habits and or no habits and um what would I do first? 
Sure. So I think um, I have a washcloth video on YouTube, and there's some smaller scarves and washcloths that are really good options mm-hmm. for um, instant gratification where you mm-hmm. could learn some of the basic stitches, but you don't necessarily have to commit to a whole blanket. Mm-hmm. And that can sort of help uh, with some of the frustration that can happen when you are yeah. learning a new skill. And I always tell my students, like, when you're learning how to crochet, your hands, they feel like Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Because they they don't they are not behaving like you want them to because it's a whole new thing. So um, having a little bit smaller project is a really good one to sort of just get your feet wet and feel confident a little bit maybe moving forward. And then I have tons of baby quilts, um, baby quilts and baby crochet blankets on YouTube mm-hmm. that are kind of the next step. They're very simple. They're using real nice thick yarn, so it's not going to take you forever, and mm-hmm. that can kind of help graduate things slowly. Okay, so for all of you people who crochet uh, just a tiny bit like me and want to take something different that's portable, there we go. We can go look up Melanie's smaller projects. So let's go back to the fabric stuff because you do a lot of that. Um, You have all, you know, like you said, lots of quilts and you have other smaller projects. What are some things that over time, because you have so many people watching and asking questions, what are a couple of tips that you um, find really helpful for quilt makers? I think one of the things that people have a hard time choosing fabrics, making a decision, uh, choosing a line of fabric. And I always try to tell people to shop locally if they can so that they Mm -hmm. can see the fabric with their own eyes. They can touch it. They can put it up next to other things. I think it's really, really helpful for beginners rather than buying fabric online. And once you get your feet wet a little bit and you kind of see what's out there, then you can try to find good deals and shop online where it comes to your door. But I think finding like a focal fabric or just something that you love and Mm -hmm. going from there, especially if you can do it in person, is so helpful to get started. So when it's somebody new um, to quilt making, do you have like a a sort of step-by-step for them that, that takes them through cutting and, you know, just sort of the real basics? Yeah, you know, my I have a quilting series on YouTube that goes through a lot of the basics. It's a patchwork style quilt, and it's got all kinds of details that's step-by-step, and it goes nice and slow for beginners. And I really try to make sure that in my teaching, I, I try not to leave even the, the little things out. Mm-hmm. Because when I was learning, you know, when you're an expert at something, you forget sometimes those little details mm-hmm. that maybe you wouldn't know as a beginner. And so I think, like, for example, um, including the line on your ruler when you're cutting your fabrics. Mm -hmm. That's been a light bulb moment for a lot of my students. And um, just even some of the little subtle things that you might maybe wouldn't know. So it's really trying to be thorough and really include everything, but trying to make it fun and not too overwhelming at the same time. Right. And I think that's really is key, the um, making it fun, because it's it's your hobby. So it shouldn't be stressful. <laughs> that's exactly right. Do this for fun. Um, now, yeah. you have on your website, you have Mama Lisa's uh, tips every so often. Who is Mama Lisa? Mama Lisa is my mom. Oh, and <laughs> she she is my she um, she has been a part of my community and she's in all my groups and she's a wealth of knowledge quilting wise. And so she um, was 
saying, oh, she might like to kind of help contribute. And we were talking about it. I said, okay, you gotta, we gotta have a Mama Lisa Monday blog oh. post where you can kind of share <laughs> some of your tips because she is, you know, she makes dozens of quilts every year. And, um, I think she's just a good person to have as another perspective. Mm-hmm. So I love having her be able to contribute on the blog and in my groups and stuff. It's so fun. Oh, that is fun. So now does your community, does she say, this is Mama Lisa, if she's answering their questions in your communities? Yeah, and they were the ones who actually gave her that name. Oh. Because they, <laughs> they sort of knew she was my mom, uh-huh. um, and she would kind of help answer questions, and she sort of helps me sort of help in my groups and, and answer questions and kind of provide feedback. And so that someone in the group gave her that nickname, and it stuck. Oh, it's darling. It's darling. I think everybody should have a, a Mama Lisa. That just sounds so cute. Um, yeah. <laughs> my mom's name is Bonnie. Mama Bonnie. It just doesn't flow as well. Uh, <laughs> so, Melanie, in, in your sort of all these years you've been doing this, is there kind of a fun thing that ever, like, happened that you, you know, could share with us? A fun thing that happened, like... Anywhere, like online or like maybe you met somebody in person. Yeah, I loved doing the Anna Maria Horner color class in person with her. My mom came and we went to Nashville and we had a little mom-daughter weekend. And, you know, I love teaching online. I think it's very convenient. I love that sense of community that you can build with people outside of your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But I also love being able to connect with quilters in person and makers in person because you automatically speak the same language to some mm-hmm. extent. And it's like you have so much in common that you can talk about right off the bat. And I, I used to teach classes when I lived in Hawaii, uh, quilting classes, and I love that too, where you could kind of get together in person and it's refreshing when you get to do that with so much that I do online. And I just love that part of it. And Anna Maria is amazing. And I really look up to her as a maker and a business owner. So that was like so fun. Yeah, that she, she is incredible. Yeah. You probably learned, you probably absorbed even more than you even realized just being able to, to work with her for a couple of days. For sure. Yep. Definitely. So uh, we have about a minute or so. What is your newest thing people can find that you're doing? Yeah, so the the biggest thing that I've been working on are my premium classes, which I can kind of take people to the next level, and that's at melaniesmakers.com. It's sort of like a little more in-depth, but Mm -hmm. I always want to offer free content on YouTube and my blog, and I I really appreciated that when I was learning. So I always want to make sure that that's available um, and online and social media and really being able to interact and have fun. and, And, you know, like this is so fun. We get to make things and we get to share and I just love that I get to be a part of it. Yeah. And people can uh, sign up for your newsletter at your website. And then that will yes, take yes. them. Yeah, that will take them right to your YouTube channel and your other places. Yes. Yeah, that's a great spot to go and kind of check out all the different things that I'm working on. Uh, well, thank you, Melanie. This has been wonderful. I'm so glad to talk to you. Thanks so much for having me. It was so fun. We are going to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to spend the second half of the show with Sherry Butler. So,
I'm Jody Sanders, Group Editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and I'd like to invite you to join me in making pillowcases to make a difference. For people who love to sew or quilt, it's so easy to lift spirits and bring smiles to hospitalized kids, homeless families, and others who are in need. Simply join American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine's One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Make one, two, or more pillowcases and donate them in your local community. You will make a difference with every pillowcase that you donate. Join the movement today. Find complete details, download free patterns, and record your donations online at allpeoplequilt.com slash million pillowcase. Join the annual American Patchwork and Quilting Quilt Along, along with thousands of other quilters. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash quilt along to choose your favorite project and get the pattern. Then get sewing. Share photos of your progress on social media using the hashtag APQQuiltalong to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. If you have seen the super darling binding babies out there in the universe, which I'm sure you have. If not, you might even have one sitting right at your sewing machine. Those are designed by the incredibly talented Shari Butler of Doohickey Designs, who is does uh, very many things. Um, these darling little spindles are just one of them. And I wanted to take a sort of a little bit deeper look at what Shari does and uh, let you get to know her. So, Shari, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me, Pat. I'm excited to be here. You know, I can't even remember when we met. You and I met at some trade show. It's like a long time ago, wasn't it? It was at Quilt Market. I think it was my first one back in 2008. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. I just feel like every time it goes, like, I've always known you. You know, it's, it's, uh, that's pretty neat. So you have just an amazing amount of creative energy, you know. And how did you, st- like, back in 2008, what made you sort of enter this world? You may have entered it sooner, but that's when I met you. Well, actually, mine was a different story because usually most artists go and um, promote their artwork at Quilt Market to get into a fabric company. And I actually went into uh, Kristen Holtzell, which is the warehouse, and Riley Blake was a manufacturer there. And I saw that they were doing fabric designs, and at that time I was doing digital scrapbooking. And I said, well, I have artwork I could show you, and I never thought about doing it. And then all of a sudden, just my dream job landed by working with them. So it was incredible. Two days later, I had a fabric line. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, so you came from a paper... um Art, the artwork on paper first. Well, I've always done illustrations and graphic mm-hmm. design. That's what I did at Utah State University, and so it was just in my passion. And so I was just starting out trying to do digital scrapbooking. I wasn't really in love with doing that. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for another way to get my art out there in surface design. But, mm-hmm. you know, I always had a corporate job at that time. So I never really had time to do that until I got in with Riley Blake. Yeah, and those corporate jobs just eat into our time, you know? 
<laughs> they do. They do. I, I know. I had one of those too. It's like, really? I don't. I want to do something fun uh, and creative. Um, mine was computers, though, so it was like nothing. It was different kind of. <laughs> creative uh so you know whenever i meet you whenever i see you uh your husband is always with you does he uh work with you full time not yet um that's okay. our goal though but he still works for uh direct tv which mm-hmm. is taken over by at&t so uh, he's a technician that installs the satellite dishes Ah, well, you know, I think it's always fabulous because my husband comes with me a lot. And it's like, I think that was one connection. I'm like, oh, you guys are always here. That's really nice. Um, so, you know, over this time, you know, everybody's businesses change, Shari. And I know that mine has changed. Lots of things have changed. And yours has as well. And I thought, you know, it would be kind of interesting to just sort of, you know, you know, how did they change? And then we can talk about all these new things you're doing. But in order to do those new things, you had to kind of move from one thing to another. What was going on? Um, I actually was going through some infertility issues. And, you know, we're still trying to have our miracle child. Mm-hmm. But I went through four miscarriages. And, um, you know, I, it was at Christmas time, and I needed to make a gift for a friend. And, I made the first prototype of the Binding Baby, not realizing it was going to be a Notion product that was going to be out there and huge. And so it was actually, I think, I feel in a lot of ways, I think God inspired me to do what I did. Mm-hmm. And it brought me out of some darkness and back some joy in that creative that I was missing because I was going through some of a creative rough mm-hmm. for a little bit. Yeah, when, when life like knocks us down a bit, it's hard to then be creative. It is, and if you can try to find that something, that joy to bring it back into your life, that's what you have to do. And I feel like finding babies and the products I'm starting to develop now has brought back a different joy into my life. I still love doing the fabric design, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of fun to see how people get so giddy mm-hmm. about a binding baby. Like, it yeah. just, it makes me happy. So let's back up just one step. When you sort of felt like, um, gosh, I want to make something for my friend. You know, I want to sort of do something to get out of my myself, get out of my head. You know what I mean? You know, so we need to get out of our own heads sometimes. And, and you would decide to make a, a gift for a friend. How did you come up with and, and describe what this is? Because people may people may not have know yet. Well, it's a full base body with a head on it, and. Um, Basically, at first, it didn't have a slit, so it was just basically you just wrap the fabric around and, and suck a pin in the back to hold the fabric or um, a clip, a wonder clip. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when my friend told me, in her friend, my friend is Gina, Gina Barney, mm-hmm. um, she basically said, you need to take this to spring market, and you need to promote it, and so I did. Mm-hmm. I just felt I needed to, and then, you know, someone asked, well, how does the fabric really hold in there? So we took it home that night, mm-hmm. and we went to our neighbors, and we put a slit into the bottom of it, and that's where the binding baby became more functional versus just a uh, fabric wrapped around the spool. Right. Yeah, so it's like a different size spindles um, yes. with this darling little girl's uh, face and head on top. It, it, had you drawn little girls like this before? No, 
No, I just painted her. I just started painting her, and it just kind of every little bit just started evolving. Mm-hmm. And then so when we started to get a manufactured, um, we went to China first, and we actually had – I did a CAD drawing for it. Mm-hmm. And so the spindle was actually custom to us. Mm-hmm. And our first launch was with the China manufacturer, but now we've actually moved into being USA made. We just wanted to find somewhere that was 15 minutes away from us that we could actually go do quality checks. Um, and actually the body of the spindle now is a quarter inch taller on the oh. medium. So it'll hold a little bit better of the fabric. So there's certain things that we're starting to make um, differences in making the product even more awesome. Right. So when you first, you know, took showed people this that you you know made one for your friend, and then you're like, okay, she's like, you need to you know mass produce these. I mean, you knew that you were not going to be able to paint and slice spindles in your garage yourself. No, but we have. Um, yeah, we yeah. started doing that because we we had handmade ones until yeah. um, the China. We had our first China batch come because that didn't get until like last year. So wow. from August 2016, I made over 18,000 handmade. Oh my gosh, Shari, you made you made. Oh my, I can't even imagine. It's like and a we fun. actually. Well, I'm still I'm still hiring some because we're doing USA made. I still have to have them painted on the heads. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are sprayed, but then we have. Um, we're going to hire some stay-at-home moms or refugees to help us paint the dots and the faces. Mm-hmm. But for now, I'm doing it until I get those in place. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, that is a full-time job. Um, it is. Yeah, manufacturing. <laughs> so you, um, these come in multiple sizes. What um, is the difference? Well, we got rid of the minis because the minis um, could only hold like a little tiny, tiny applique quilting or small trims and binding. Mm-hmm. So we stuck with the medium and large. The medium, you can do your two and a half inch folded and then an under, or you can eat on the large, you can even double stack your bindings or you can even do your three to four inch borders as well. They're just so darling and useful. Not only are they cute, but they're useful because people don't like their bindings to be like dragging on the floor when they're working on it. And this is a way to wrap them. Uh, and then if people, you know, like, do you make your binding? Do you make quilts anymore? First of all, Shari, it's like you're, I do. <laughs> you're painting do. dolls. You're painting spindles. <laughs> but do you make your binding first and then keep it on one of these until you're ready? I do. So usually when I buy a project or, or when I'm working on a project and I know what my binding is already, mm-hmm. sometimes you want to do scrappy, so I'll wait for that. But most of the time, I will have it ready to go. And then once I'm done with my project, because that's the last thing you want to do is your binding, to be honest. Right. It gets really tedious. And it's like you just want to be done with the project and be, you know, happy with it. Yes. And so for me, I kept buying double binding, so I needed a solution for that. I need a solution to store my binding. I also wanted something to sell my binding on easier. So that's why we created the flower spindle in case the machines don't have an extra spindle for the binding baby to sit on. Ah, okay. So the flower will let it sit like next to the machine and spool yeah. off as you're as you're putting it on, as you're sewing it on. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, they go on the. They, you can actually stick them on the top of your. If you have the extra spool thing. Will they go sideways too or were they a little too heavy? I have seen people do them sideways before, but I preferted it to be, you know, the Vertical. other way. So, yeah, yeah vertical. Right. 
because they're because they're quite tall. So with um, the well, cutie- the tall ones you couldn't really go that way, but the yeah. mediums you could. I've, I've seen people do it. Mm-hmm. I just prefer it to be standing up straight because she can smile at you as you go. As you <laughs> That's right. She doesn't have to lay on her side. That's <laughs> exactly. I know. And you've painted them different colors, and they have different hair colors and cute little hearts on their, like, for bows. It's just, they're just so stinking cute. Um, you're a great artist. Well, thank so. you. Now, this is, like, one project. And, of course, you know, I think you are so creative that you couldn't just stop at one. <laughs> You know, we're going to, a little bit later here, we're going to talk about your fabrics. Uh, but this, I you, you created some ruler stands now that that uh, sort of coordinate. So actually my sister and my brother-in-law prototyped that. Mm-hmm. And so they're licensing it to us to produce it. So, yes, they actually created that for, for us. That's, so they're uh, made to sit on your, like, work table. They are made to sit on your work table, and you can actually take two of them, and you can put um, books in between them, so they can become book stands as well. We also have a version for the long armors, so the five slots in the front are for long arm rollers, and then the two are for the domestic, the Ah. regular rollers. Yeah, and on your website, which is doohickeydesigns.com, you can see an example of it as bookends, which is really yes. useful because it's good to, vi- you know, it's not hard to visualize that because of the way they're structured, but it is nice to see that. Um, so let me see. I think we're going to be taking a break here pretty soon uh, because, yeah, then we're going to take a break, but we'll come back. And because you also have little jars, just. Real brief, they're um, to hold, like, buttons and wonder clips? Yep, we are actually going to be redoing that, and so um, those will be discontinued soon. And we're going to be creating a jar that can create um, wonder clips, or to hold the wonder clips, and then, you know, buttons or trims. Okay. So we've had some requests for different sizes of jars, so we're Mm -hmm. actually prototyping some of those with some different heads. Maybe with something like a strawberry Okay. <laughs> Girl yeah. strawberry head. We're, yes. We're, yeah. we're thinking about the box. Yeah. All your gorgeous artwork will show up on it. <laughs> so they'll just be so cute. No, we're going to take a break, Shari. And when we um, come back, we're going to talk about your fabric and kind of what you're doing there. Okay? Okay. Sounds good. Okay. So we'll be back right after the break, everybody. Our listeners love a good deal. We have a special offer just for our podcast listeners. Get 50% off a downloadable pattern of your choice in our online shop. Visit apqshop.com, add a digital pattern to your cart, and enter coupon code PODCAST at checkout. Then get quilting. Visit our show notes for more details. We've been doing the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast since 2011. That's a lot of shows. Search for guests, listen to past episodes, and read quotes from the show on our website. You'll even find a special welcome video from our host, Pat Sloan. 
Visit us at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. So I am talking to Shari Butler of Doohickey Designs. So Shari, you I didn't get to Spring Market, but you you got an award for your booth. Well, actually, Sweetly Designs did, our fabric ah, company. I was connected okay. to it, but yes, they got the award for the for the best booth again. Ah, okay. So you were in there, just pointing to everything. So that's what I yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's when you, okay. I still part of it, so my husband's right. the booth, actually. I was just going to say, I'll bet that you had a hand in this, because your booth is always so gorgeous. Um, when you started this business, did you think, like, part of it would be booth design? No, not at all. <laughs> no. You're like, what? I, but you're good but, at it. Uh, I mean, I have a vision, and I, you know, I wanted to make it look more like a home versus, you know, just walls. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the, the wood walls came up with because yep. it kind of matches what our decor is in our house. Ah, there you go. You could just take, would you bring the furniture from home? You could <laughs> just <laughs> drive on. To, this one was in Portland, so was, did you drive there? We have. We've actually drove to all the shows with the, with the booth because yeah. we have a trailer for it. So, yeah. Ah. We drove. <laughs> You're traveling. And it's home. fun. It's a pretty drive. We yes, we've been doing a few, not just wholesale shows, but some retail shows this last year. That kind of a little crazy. So we're we're ready for a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and you know I like that you um when you do the shows you have like a sewing machine there, so you actually have your project on you know your your um binding babies there to show people how they work and all of that. Yeah, thanks to Bernina, um, I was able to become an ambassador with them, and it's just a win-win for both of us to help promote each other. It's been kind of fun. Yeah, it's it's really nice. I love that you know the 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 trade show prior is when we talked, and I just you know I was really interested to be able to see it hands on and go okay this is really how it works. It's neat to see it uh, in action. Um, you know you've been uh, designing um, things that look like fabric for years, whether it was on paper and then you designed fabric and you're still designing fabric. What is, you know, besides painting in your garage, uh, darling little faces, uh, <laughs> I, I still, I, I, I'm just hard to believe. You need to, that's a lot of painting. Um, it is. It, yeah. And you love it. I know. I can just tell from every little face. They're so sweet. Uh, so what is your latest fabric? My latest fabric is called In the Meadow, and it's by it's for Sweet Bee Design, and they're a Canadian company. And the fabric was basically um, designed around my husband and I and our love life. So, like the word prints is love letters and love songs that kind of mean to us. Um, quotes, you know, inspiration to always date and not sit around. <laughs> Little things like that. I just yeah. want to make something kind of fun for. Those who want a fussy cut, they can, or use it as a newsprint in the background. Um, the florals basically just, you know, our romance, our garden, that the love that we have for each other, because it blooms every year. And I feel like 
this line just kind of just resembled that to see mm-hmm. that I want to show my love for him. So how long have you been married, you and Dan? Oh, gosh. It'll be <laughs> 16 years in October. Yay! Yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I love the colors. They're sort of, uh, they have a lot of aqua and pops of, then you have a sort of a red, but then you've got gold in there. Um, Yes. When you start a line or any, you know, Anytime you're sort of designing sort of a series like that, because a fabric line has multiple prints. They're not just one main print. How do you approach that from a design standpoint? Um, you know, I just start basically drawing out sometimes little doodads. Like Bill Birds became the first inspiration with the florals, and then I just start putting things together. And then, like, the actual the love letters, the newsprint, was one of the last ones I, I designed. It just needed something else and it popped it. Mm-hmm. So it's just, every line is different for me. It can go from just drawing up a main print to even starting with a secondary first or a coordinate print. But I always, like, have a theme when I'm trying to start um, mm-hmm. a fabric line. And sometimes that fails and sometimes that doesn't. It just depends right. on on the mood that I'm in. Right. And I feel like I have to have my mind free, so... Sometimes it's just you just start drawing away. Yeah. And do you, like, have drawings, like, a collection of them? Do you ever, like, go back and do you have, like, notebooks or anything? Or you're probably, you know, I do. probably online. Do you use them then to pop it or start start the process? Um, sometimes I'll use so- that. Sometimes I won't. <laughs> it just depends. It depends on my creative mood that day. Mm-hmm. So what is your studio like? Do you... Not the garage part with all the paint, like your <laughs> your fabric area. <laughs> so my we built that a couple of years ago. Um, we just that was supposed to be a bedroom in our house, and so we took it and made a studio instead. There's no closet in there, so we have like one wall that has a shelf of fabric of all my fabric lines, and then fabric that I've collected over the years. And then I have shelves that have paintbrushes, um, my ribbons, trims. And then my husband also built, like, uh, my cutting board. And then I had a neighbor who built my desk and my um, sewing desk. So custom to what I wanted. So everything was customized and built into the room, basically. I mean, they're all separate. I can take them out Mm -hmm. so that they're standstill, but everything was sized to hold everything and I'm outgrowing it. So oh. <laughs> everybody outgrows their spaces, don't they? It's like they universal. Do. Universal. Now Shari, you're a little bit taller uh lady. Um did you need things adjusted for your height? So the cutting board, my husband I mean, 'cause I'm only five seven. I'm I think the oh, okay. average length. Yeah, but that's, my uh, husband kind of built the cutting so that it was um, easier for cutting and so you're not, like, bending over. Mm-hmm. So he measured it to that to make sure that I wasn't going to hunch over and bend over. Because, mm-hmm. you know, cutting can 
take a lot out of you. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Well, you're taller than me, so I guess that's why I said, oh, you're tall. I have my brain, like, that you're a tall person. Uh, but it's all, even that just that little bit makes a difference because I can work, like, on regular counters at, like, 5'4". That's just sort of like everything's built for 5'4". Uh, yeah. Shorter, taller, you need, you could, you know, use some uh, help with it. So, you know, do you collect anything? Like, you know, you're busy with, you know, running, you know, doing these startups and getting all this cool stuff going. But do you still find time to sort of build anything for yourself? Like, collect anything? Yeah, I try to. Um, I like home decor right now. That's kind of, I'm trying to just make my home a more homey, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right now I'm collecting more like pictures or home decor that way. And I haven't really put up on the wall yet because I'm just being lazy <laughs> and I want to be, I want my mind to be free when I do it. Mm-hmm. So it's in the right place. So mm-hmm. there's just a few areas in my home that I'm redoing. And so that's my collecting. Yeah. But I also like those, I like the little like home, de- I mean, I like home decor. So I like to collect holiday um, collectibles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I know what, like in your photos, there's always cute little accessories. Like you have this darling deer with the pin, like a stump of a tree. That's a pin cushion. Did, did that come like that? So that was actually Tasha Noel's sister-in-law. She was telling oh. them on, on uh, Instagram. Oh. And so I bought that one. Yeah. So she made it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you know what? That's what we have friends for. So we can buy their cute stuff. That's like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to be charged of having to make everything. Hey, um, I wish I could make that. But no, I like to do hand embroidery. Honestly, I feel still like that. Um, getting back into that has been mm-hmm. helped relaxing me at night a little bit at a time. Just little stitches. You know, being that, uh, you know, Running your own business is very busy. Uh, it, you know, there's a lot of things, a lot of things to to have to juggle. What are you doing to sort of, you know, you just said stitching, which made me think of it. Are you doing anything else to sort of, to sort of step back and sort of keep try to keep the life in balance? I'm not sure I do anything that does that myself. <laughs> you know, I'm really bad, but I'm, I'm actually I'm actually putting my exercise routine back into my. Um, you know, since we're not traveling much now, I'm trying to get back into the gym. I feel like getting that adrenaline helps clear my mind. Um, I try to read a little bit here and there, whether it's for business or personal. Mm-hmm. I haven't found any personal books yet that I like. I still love the Twilight series. Sorry. It's just, I know it's a teeny pop series, but it's just creatively the way she wrote it. It was amazing. Um, you know, I'm just, I try to do that once in a while, but. And mainly just clear my mind by listening to music or clean my house. I mean, mm-hmm. just trying to get daily routines back in my life is what I'm trying to do right now. Right. So I don't have a perfect <laughs> schedule yet. <laughs> I don't think it exists. I think that's a myth. Uh, the perfect schedule. It is definitely a myth. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. And, you know, it's not just for people who run their business, right? I mean, don't you have friends who are just do, you know, crafts as a hobby or quilt as a hobby? And their lives are, like, always in chaos, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're, and I'm at a different level and some, and they're a different level than I am. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, they have kids that have kids. And so I hear yeah. that their life's so busy. It's like, well, 
okay, it is busy. Right. But my life's busy too. <laughs> right. I know. I'm the same way. I don't have children. So, uh, you know, I don't, it's, it's a different kind of, uh, you know, we all put our energy in different places and make priorities that are different. Um, yeah. And so I always find it fat. You know, I love to talk to creatives. Uh, you and I talk, you know, via some, you know, communities we're in for business people. And it's always nice to be able to touch base and know it's not just us. <laughs> oh, I feel like every, every, life is so busy nowadays. Like it's just, it's always on a rat race. And I feel like sometimes we need to take a step back and just try to find that joy again. Mm-hmm. And whether that's, by reading, going on vacation, or just enjoying your time with yourself or family, that's yeah. what you have to find. I, there's no balance, but no. you could try. <laughs> and yeah. you can that's forgive right. yourself for not having that balance. Right. It, yeah, it, it's, it's a myth, but, you know, we all try to make something work out of it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Shari, this has been... So fun to, um, you know, really touch base with you. Um, I think we talked a long, long time ago. Uh, so, you know, you've just have incredibly talented and I, I love where you're going with your business. Well, I, I appreciate that. I'm trying to make it the best we can and I just am trying to just find that joy in it and every day. Well, everybody can visit Shari at doohickeydesigns.com. This is American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. You can find me uh, online at Facebook at Quilt Along with Pat Sloan. And you can find uh, the magazine where we're doing a UFO group. And just look for American Patrick and Quilting uh, there. And we will have a new show coming up next week. And you can always go back to allpeoplequilt.com and listen to the past shows. So thanks for being here, and we will chat again next time. Hi, all, and thanks for listening. If you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week. Hi, all, and thanks for listening. Keep in touch. American Patchwork and Quilting is on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram, at All People Quilt. Email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. And if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week. Thank you.